Hey guys, Pam here. So we're going to talk about some top management tips. So when you are embarking on this multifamily investing journey, guess what? You are the CEO of your company. You might be the only CEO or the only employee slash employer. That's okay. You've got to start somewhere. Um, but some of the top management tips I've learned here are like top three um, that I've learned is that, and this is through just my own personal experience, guys. Um, I don't know if it's right for everyone or not, but it's slowly worked for me. It's been part of my journey. The number one thing is it's important to bring in people who think differently than you um, for that reason, because they are able to see the other sides that you normally don't see. You're the expert of yourself already, right? So you know how do you work, your preferential ways and all that stuff. But you want to bring in someone who compliments you. Not someone who's going to undermine you. I just mean like if they think differently than you, but they're an asset, they're a strength to your team um, because that's how you're going to grow. And how do you manage them? Well, obviously you have to improve upon yourself. Um, maybe take some communication courses, take some management courses. Um, this day and age, uh, my team was always like mostly remote before the pandemic anyway. So we weren't really that um surprise so to speak we worked off of like our phones skype or gosh skype what happened to you guys you guys dropped the ball by the way when zoom took over um but things like that we would already communicate uh offline or remotely and had our own schedules um my property managers were usually on site or in different states or in different areas and so we check in with each other like maybe once or twice a week um phone calls and whatnot we didn't have to meet in person all the time so for me, a top management tip would be to always maintain constant contact, constant communication, um, checking in once a week. More than that, if you need to, if the property is undergoing like repairs um, or some major emergency repairs or something like that, or maybe um, it's not 100% occupied, you need to know why. You need to be on top of your property management team. But you also need to give them the space and empower them to be able to do a good job. So that leads me to my third tip, which is when you are managing a team, you need to find out immediately using your EQ, which is like your mo emotional intelligence. Day and age, we're talking about that more and more. Um, Renee Brown's a good one. She's a good example. Read her books. Um, I'm always trying to improve upon myself. I know I'm not perfect either. We all can always improve. But truly use that EQ of yours to really gauge uh, what would motivate that employee? What would motivate that property manager? What would motivate that vendor? Everyone has a different story. Everyone has a different priority. Uh, for example, I have one uh, who just had an, a newborn baby. Well, she would probably prefer a lot of time at home and a lot of time with her, her baby who's a newborn so she can be comfortable. So work around that for the time being, you know? Or um, I have another another person who... Um, lives on site, out of state, um, managing quite a large portfolio. Well, I need to be able to trust her to do her job, but in, but trust is earned, right? So it's a little bit of back and forth of of just you give them a little bit of like I don't want to say it's like you put them on a leash, not necessarily that, but you want to empower them to be able to still be able to go out and make decisions on their own, but you still have boundaries, right? So a good example would be this. Uh, for one of our smaller properties, I allow her to spend whatever she needs as long as it's under $500. 
anything more than that, then it's time to have a phone call with my team. And we go, we have an internal process of, okay, why do we need to spend? I don't know. Let's just say it's a thousand dollars. What's the reasoning? Is this urgent? You know, things like that. So we kind of document properly what it's for. So our property manager doesn't willy nilly swipe the credit card like crazy and just go spend it on anything and everything. So it's important to find that balance, but it's based on using your intuition and your emotional IQ to really understand what would motivate them. Because sometimes, so, so this property manager, for example, she's, um, uh, she's an empty nester, for example. So she doesn't mind taking on certain things in the evenings and she's actually a night owl. So I work around her schedule or my team will. Um, but then I've got another, another person who's like an, an early bird like me who wakes up at the butt crack of dawn because my kids are my alarm clocks and they wake me up at like six o'clock. Um, so you kind of work around that. And I think that's truly like one of the best top management tips is to just be flexible just because you prefer something your way doesn't always mean it's going to land that way. And you just want to um, kind of be nice about it. Be flexible, be kind, work around them. Sometimes they have personal things going on that are affecting their performance. So before you ream on them, maybe try to just, I don't know, take them out for coffee or just say, hey, just checking in. You're normally, you know, top notch on this. Um, what's going on? You know, have a crucial conversation. And by crucial conversation, it means trying to find something productive out of it, meaning like you're trying to problem solve together because there's a business objective, but you also want to check in emotionally. I think that's really important that a lot of people aren't doing these days. Um, and you want to keep your your people happy, right? So you just want to check in sometimes and just say, hey, is everything all right? Or maybe they'll tell you they're, they're like, hey, I'm overwhelmed right now. I've got a lot of shit going on and you just keep, you know, adding all this stuff. I don't know how to handle it. Um, things like that. And then you're going to have to problem solve together. And sometimes you'll realize that maybe you're uh, putting too much pressure on them. I've learned that too. Or I'll be like, Hey, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that. Let me take a, let me take a few tasks off your plate better. Or, you know, just checking in and always being flexible to be open to feedback, even if it's not what you want to hear, but it teaches you to be humble in how you approach things. Um, teaches you to be a little modest with that too, right? Like for example, my kids kick my ass every day in regards to parenthood and my kids are the most honest <laughs> because half the time they, they're learning about how words might affect someone's emotions, but it's very cute when they're just innocent and just, they blurt it out and it's just like, oh, okay, that's how you really feel. So it's like, I, after having kids, I've realized that sometimes I need to kind of take a little bit of that essence and really like try to apply it to my team and just, you know, ask them, check in with them and receive that feedback, but also try to like be constructive about it and not take it too personally. Right. Because I know a lot of us um, like we're humans, right? I have vulnerabilities. I can get insecure about certain things. And sometimes it's about putting yourself in check, setting your ego to the side of just like, hey, it's not about you. It's about whatever it may be right now. And how do we solve this together? And then checking in later to make sure like, hey, are we good? Um, I'm the type, for example, me, since I like food and traveling and different cult experiencing different cultures is I like to break bread with people. I say that a lot um, because how someone eats, meaning like if we can eat together and have a conversation, uh, you, we're going to have a successful, probably a, probably a successful relationship, working relationship. Um, if I can't break bread with someone, that already means that I don't trust them. 
or they don't trust me. We're triggering each other in some sort of like subconscious way and it's not going to be a good fit. So those are my tips for for like, I guess, managing your own business as you start off. Now, as you start off, you're going to be wearing multiple hats. Um, this is an example that I use a lot with people of like, if you want to own a restaurant, you can't be the hostess. You can't be the waitress, the busboy and the cook or the chef uh, or the server or the client. <laughs> can't be all of that. But yes, when you're starting your own business, you're going to be all of that. But eventually you have to start delegating and start realizing that you need to probably hire someone part time, maybe a consultant or maybe just, you know, someone to offload. So I have a couple of friends who've used um, like virtual assistants, those who are um, a couple time zones away. So keep that in mind that in order to manage them, it's going to be different than managing someone who's local to you or where you see every day in the office. Um, you got to keep in mind the time zone difference and then the culture difference as well, which is, I mean, it's not the end of the world. You just got to keep that in mind and be mindful. That's really what it is. And so I have some friends who really love working with their VAs, their virtual assistants. Um, I've done it before. But for me, like I said, I'm a break bread together type of girl. I like to do business when I'm, you know, sharing uh, food together, or drinking together or having coffee together because uh, I'm an in-person type of person and I get more done that way. But that's just me. Sometimes if I have to do it remotely, I will. It's just it just takes a couple different extra steps. Um, for example, the, this friend that I'm referring to, she has her virtual assistant in the UK. So that's what, eight to 10 hours difference. Um, I've known of another colleague who has, who had a virtual assistant, um, in the Philippines and also in India. Yes, you get to save money on it, but remember the time zone difference and remember the cultural difference too, but Hey, you never know. Um, and, and so as you start off and you kind of don't need someone full-time yet, those are some ways to help you save money as you grow. And then at some point you're going to have growing pains and you're going to probably need to hire someone full-time, um, for certain things in your, in your company. So don't be afraid of that guys. The top. The top tip here is to just be flexible. Always look for ways to improve. Oh, and I'll end it with this, guys. If you're just looking for someone to do something really quick, let's just say you're not tech savvy at all or um, you don't like, I don't, I don't know, you don't like doing web content creation or something and you have a website that you have to do or whatnot, hire someone. You can go to fiverr.com or you can ask my team, like, or, you know, we can refer you to someone local or, or whatnot. But Word of mouth is always the best, um, but how you manage them is key, right? So, uh, you know, you it's almost like dating. You want to find the right fit <laughs> for your group, but be open to bringing different skill sets. That's how you build a good team. That's how you can manage, um, properly manage each other. Because if you, if you only manage the yes men and yes women, you're really not... Um, you're really not a solid manager, if you will, right? Because the, all they'll do is just say yes to you. You want to learn the skill set early on of being flexible with different personalities, um, kind of collecting uh, tools for your toolbox, right? To pull out when needed. I was recently at, um, which this is what I like to do is like uh, attend like professional development courses and leadership courses, because I always learn new tips um, from different people. The latest one was uh, she color coded personality types and there are like four different colors. It was like red, yellow, green, um, blue or something like that. And I thought it was amazing because it's easier to remember. 
um, of just like, hey, I'm a little bit of a red type, meaning hot. You when you think of red, you think hot and fiery. And so they're the type that are like really fast, like give it to them straight. Don't sugarcoat it. Um, they like to work extremely efficiently. No must, no fuss, no coconuts, <laughs> meaning don't don't add any fluff to it. Straight to the point. Their emails, give it one sentence, you know, things like that. So that's that's a manage management style, right? That you need to work with with that with that person. If they're a red, you're not going to want to be writing an email that says, dear so-and-so, so I hope you had a wonderful day today and this and that, they're gonna, you're gonna drive them up the wall. Don't have time for that shit. Um, so work with them, uh, things like that. So I thought it was pretty cool, like with the different colors and, and whatnot. And so that way you have a different communication style with them. So that's key. In order to successfully manage, you have to successfully communicate their way. And a lot of people believe that it has to be the way that they communicate to the other person. But really, it's about how, like, if, if I'm trying to talk to, to the opposite party, it's how they prefer to hear things. But it's about them. It's not about you. Does that make sense? So the sooner you learn that, the sooner you set your ego and pride to the side of just like, okay, what can I do to get their attention, their way, their language, the sooner you'll become more successful in management, in managing a team and growing together further so that you can really focus at the business strategy at hand, which is probably to grow wealth for all of your investors, right? So hopefully that helps with some of the tips for you guys. If you have any other questions, reach out to my team. Happy to help answer anything. Take care, guys.